He who saves one life saves the world entire. And the most important life to save is your own. After all, it's the place where you have the most power. So join shadow worker and trauma therapist Laura Giles each week on It's Not You, It's Me. We'll uncover what's in shadow and learn the things you need so you can heal yourself, grow yourself, know yourself, love yourself, be yourself, and share yourself. If you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, it's time to drop the self-sabotage and limiting beliefs. A healthy, abundant, connected life is an option. Choose it. Subscribe. And let's start manifesting it. We are in full swing into the holiday season, and whether you celebrate Christmas, Hanukkah, the winter solstice, Kwanzaa, Yule, or something else this season, many of us engage in that celebration with family. When your family is awesome and close, it can be a joyous time. But family is also a source of a lot of childhood baggage that can be tweaked at this time of year if it hasn't been healed yet. So if you're feeling irritable, like your little kid self, or hate the holidays, maybe it's time to tackle that underlying stuff so that this will be the last time you have a tense holiday season. Today, I'm gonna show you how to move from victim to survivor in just four steps because we don't know what we don't know, right? First, I wanna show some love and gratitude to Belinda for her podcast review. Thanks, Belinda, for that virtual high five. Reviews are the lifeblood of a podcast, so it's very meaningful. And if you want to help me out, you can review anywhere you listen to the podcast. That's much appreciated. Okay. When I was an intern in undergrad and graduate school, my internships were in domestic violence and sexual assault. I worked as a legal advocate and counselor, and a lot of people didn't realize they were in abusive situations because they didn't think that things were that bad. Maybe they grew up in worse situations or were comparing it to something worse and felt it was tolerable. Lots of people think that abuse is breaking someone's nose or leaving them bleeding. For example, my first client was this woman who I'll call Sandra. So it's my first day on the job. I know nothing about anything and I'm sitting and observing with my boss with Sandra. We're in this typical corporate type building with the fluorescent lights corporate style cheap desk and the metal credenza in the corner and the schoolhouse tiles on the floor. So it's not a warm environment at all. And here's this woman who is driven to desperation asking us for help. Sandra is telling us that she loves her partner. He's not a bad guy. He just has a temper issue. She shouldn't have pushed just buttons, but he went a little too far this time and she wants to teach him a lesson. Mind you, Sandra's face is puffy from being hit in the eye. She's got grab marks on her arms from where he held her so forcefully that you can see where his fingers were. And she's telling us that she never thought of it as domestic violence. So let's pause here. Even if this isn't your tale of woe, I wanna make sure that everyone listening here knows what abuse looks like because nobody becomes a victim in a healthy household. We become victims because we're treated like one, and it's the best way to get our needs met. 
So obvious abuse is what Sandra looks like. She's got marks on her from where somebody violated her boundaries and put their hands on her. That's not cool. That's way over the line. It doesn't matter what Sandra did. She didn't deserve that. And we can solve issues without violence. Abuse is about power and control. One person assumes power and control over someone else through intimidation, emotional abuse, isolation, manipulation, threats, money, sex, using children as pawns, or physical violence. It's not just hitting, kicking, slapping, choking, and the more obvious things that we think of. And I say more obvious because it's not obvious to some people. I've had women tell me that they didn't think choking was domestic violence. So for someone like that, I guess they don't think someone is crossing the line until they've committed murder. I don't often tell people what to do, but I want you to draw the line at anything that encroaches on your personal sovereignty. You get to decide where you want to be, when you want to be there, how you want to spend your time and money, who you want to hang out with, what you want to wear, what job you want to do, and how to parent your kids without threats, intimidation, or manipulation. You get to decide who you want to have sex with, how you want to do that, and when you don't want to do that. That is your right. Nobody has the right to tell you otherwise. They don't get to do that because they're your parent, a man, your partner, or your boss. If you're afraid of losing your job, getting kicked out, being hit, being left, or not being loved, if you don't want what somebody wants you to do, you're in an abusive relationship. If you're using tactics like that to control someone, make them love you, or do what you want them to do, or behave how you want them to behave, you're being abusive. Anybody with empathy can become a victim of domestic violence. In relationships, we practice give and take, and sometimes we can slowly give too much and find ourselves isolated or playing small to make our partner feel safe and happy. Abuse isn't restricted to any particular gender, race, or class. It happens everywhere. Now, if we grew up with yelling, screaming, insults, punching holes in the wall, and that kind of thing, that can feel normal. It might be normal, but it's terrorizing, especially to little kids. So I'm asking you to practice a little self-awareness and other awareness and look at this type of behavior in a different way. Just because you wake up the next day and nobody's complaining about it, doesn't mean it's okay. Everybody has a right to decide how they wanna live. Everybody has a right to be safe. If you're with someone who wants something different and you don't want that in your life, you can leave and find somebody who wants what you want. That's the happiest solution. Trust me, you can live without each other. (laughs) Now, I'm talking about how to move from being a victim to a survivor. And this might sound like I'm talking about only the person on the receiving end of the abuse, but I'm talking about both. People who rage around and act all big and scary learn that too. People who are meek, passive aggressive, and quietly manipulative, they learn that too. These are survival tactics. We all need to get our needs met and we figure out how to do that. This is what worked best for them. In all these situations, these people were victims of someone in their past who didn't show them how to respect people and resolve issues calmly. It takes two to create this game, and both sides can heal. 
the first step to that is to become aware. Actually, I think this is the most important thing that all of us can do, regardless of where we are on our journey. But when it comes to moving from victim to survivor, I'm talking about creating awareness of who you are, what you want, how you feel, how you show up and use your power, and the gap between all that and where you wanna be. You wanna become aware of what healthy looks like. Become aware of what abuse looks like. What's gaslighting? This is an important one because abusive people use blame, guilt, and duty to reinforce their entitlement to whatever it is they want. They're great at flipping the script so that no matter what, you're the bad guy and the wrong one. When you're more aware of this, you can begin to find the ammo to shift your mindset. If you can upgrade your social circle, this can help a ton. We are the average of the five people we spend the most time with. And if you surround yourself with people who are calm and talk about things without yelling, threats, or passive aggressive power plays and guilt, you're more likely to pick up some healthy habits. If you stay in an unhealthy environment, this is gonna be more challenging because your environment will reinforce the victim mindset. The victim mindset says, this is okay, he's worth it, we're worth it, it's not that bad. I can change him. The healthy mindset says, oh my God, this is a huge problem. I'm worth more than this. I deserve to be treated well. I have to rescue myself. Or if you realize that you're the abuser, it may be more like, oh my God, I gotta get a grip. I love these people. I don't wanna lose these people. How can I be a healthier person? Regardless of which side of this you're on, nothing's gonna change until your mindset changes. I've had clients who grew up in violence every day. They witnessed drive-by shootings, people overdosing in the street, getting yelled at every day, being called every name in the book by their mother, and they did it right back because that's what they learned. That leads us to step two. It's recognizing that it's not your fault. It's just what you learned, and it is your responsibility to change that. And to do that, you've got to forgive yourself. Some people don't get started on the road to recovery because it means they have to look at their past or their role in what's happening and the guilt and shame are too great. What happened to us as children is never our fault. It's not a child's fault if he was molested by a babysitter any more than it would be for another child who was taken to Disneyland for his birthday. Those weren't our actions and we had nothing to do with them. And we still have to play the cards we're dealt, so forgive yourself. Forgive yourself for all the things that you did or didn't do before your self-awareness kicked in. I know it can feel like getting off scot-free and a lot of people feel like they have to pay eye for an eye to even the score. You don't. You don't have to be whipped through the streets naked before you can go on and live a good life. You don't have to have justice for the wrongs that were done to you. All you have to do is let go. One of the most inspiring TED Talks I've ever heard was by Sammy Rangel. He talks about how he endured the most horrific abuse from the time he was an infant. His mother was a one-woman show of torture. He used beatings, emotional neglect, name-calling, starvation, and withholding the very basic things needed for survival. She allowed others to abuse him. And I think he was about 11 years old when he started running away. No surprise, he ended up in a gang. And what would you expect from someone who came from that? 
That's all he knew. So, of course, he was into drugs, violent crime, and promiscuity. Naturally, prison followed, and that's when he turned his life around. We all have a turning point where we can stay on the track we're on or take a turn for something different. If we let guilt and shame hold us back because we don't feel we deserve it or because other people tell us we don't deserve it, then we let our past determine our future and every moment is a choice. We start to claim that responsibility when we start paying attention. That's step one. So until you see what's here, you can't change it. So forgive yourself. Sammy Rangel's whole message is all about how forgiveness changed his life. It changed his path, his heart, his kids' future, and he's paying it forward by sharing that message with others. That's the message of Jesus and a lot of healers. It's timeless because it works. But this is just the beginning. So step three is to assume radical responsibility to learn new thoughts and skills. So we learned how to accept or give abuse and assume the victim mentality. Now we're going to learn something new, something healthier. Now, what I see here is that a lot of people, especially those with a victim mentality, want someone else to do the work for them. They just want to take a pill, do a ceremony, or have some other type of magical experience where the healing just happens. And that's not very likely scenario. It just happens from time to time, but it's the exception rather than the rule. And if you want to live a healthy lifestyle, you're going to have to learn how. When I take people on spiritual tours or retreats, we have some amazing times and heal some really deep stuff, but you gotta go home. You can't stay on a tour or retreat forever. That's actually the main reason why I created the Let It Go Now community. You can call it aftercare. It's a way to learn how to hold on the magic after the fairy dust settles. If you go into a safe situation where you're well cared for, see beautiful things, you're inspired, have great company, your heart is full, of course you're gonna feel great and have a really great time of letting go of stuff and going with the flow. But when you're back in the job that you hate, your family who ignores each other and the old life, all that stuff matters. How are you gonna hold on to that good feeling if you haven't changed your thinking or the daily way that you move in the world? Last week, I talked about that in the podcast about spiritual travel. Magic happens for sure, but in the beginning, I'd have to go back over and over again to get my fix because it will wear off. Now, I can create it myself wherever I am. Nobody can give you that. It can be hard to make changes like that, but remember that I said that abuse is about power and control. What you're learning here now is how to stand in your own power without violating someone else's boundaries. It's about learning where your no is and how to say it with authority so others don't run over you. It's about learning how to hear no and respect the no. It's also about learning how to say yes to the things you want. You don't wanna be a meek little mouse who's always living in someone else's shadow. You have dreams and desires that you wanna bring into the world and the world needs your juicy sauce. It doesn't help you or anyone else to opt out of life. You're here. Having great social, emotional, intellectual, spiritual, and creative skills will help you present your ideas and talents in a way that's absolutely delicious. People who are stomped on, play small, can be dried up inside because they rely on other people to give them attention. 
love, and all the things that make life worthwhile. When you run under your own power, it's all you. You can go anywhere and do anything. It's all up to you. Is being in a driver's seat starting to sound a little more fascinating and empowering? I hope so. Christina Aguilera, Rihanna, Holly Berry, Oprah, and Madonna endured abuse during their lives, and they didn't let it stop them. Being on the receiving end or the giving end of abuse doesn't have to be a reason to hide your light under a bushel. There's life after today. Whatever today brings, good or bad, every day's a new one. When you forgive, it really does clean the slate and gives yourself the ability to start fresh. Really, no one can give that to you. We can ask for forgiveness for things we've done. We can give it to others. But honestly, the only thing you need is to absolve yourself. Your stuff is your stuff. My stuff is my stuff. When we all carry our own stuff, life is so much simpler. This is one of the many ways I help people to heal because so many people are carrying the weight of generations. So many walk into a room and start trying to make everyone else okay and comfortable. They just take it all on. When you do that, you take away their lessons and growth. Let them have it. Don't be a beast of burden or sacrificial lamb. Mind your own business and do you. Cool? Okay, so where am I? Oh, step four is to step into your own power and do something. So take action. It's not enough to be the know-it-all. How many people do you know who have taken a thousand courses, know all kind of stuff, and are still in the same situation they were in a year ago, 10 years ago? It's not enough to have intellectual data. You have to do something with it. Practice it. Live it. You've got to take action. Knowing that people can't read your mind is not the same as speaking up and asking for what you want. Knowing that it's not okay for people to put their hands on you or to try to guilt trip you isn't the same as letting them know that it's not okay. If you sit back and complain about it, you're still in that victim mentality. Life is happening to you and you're not in the driver's seat. Trust me, life's more fun and interesting when you're at the wheel. Now you're going to fail. <laughs> there are going to be times when it's easier to go back to your old habits. When those days come, remember this story. Once upon a time, the son of a master thief asked his father to teach him the secrets of the trade. The old thief agreed and that night took his son to burglarize a large house. When the family was asleep, he silently led his young apprentice into a room that contained a clothes closet. The father told his son to go into the closet and pick out some clothes. When he did, his father quickly shut the door and locked him in. Then he went back outside, knocked loudly on the front door, waking up the family. The father quickly slipped away before anyone saw him. Hours later, his son returned home, bedraggled and exhausted. Father, he cried angrily, why did you lock me in the closet? If I hadn't been made desperate by my fear of getting caught, I never would have escaped. It took all my ingenuity to get out. The old thief smiled. Son, you have had your first lesson in the art of burglary. So throw down the gauntlet. Look at this as a do or die situation. Find your princess. And by that, I mean to find your most compelling reason to break this habit of abuse so that you, your kids, your family, and your friends can live a more peaceful, 
happy and connected life. Someone's got to lead. If it's not you, then who's it gonna be? If you wait for Prince Charming to come along and save you, you could be waiting a long time when you could just do it yourself. Now, at any time during this process, your mindset could change from victim to survivor. You see, all that is is a mindset. The victim sits back and waits for something else to change. They hope, they pray, they try to influence the abuser to stop. They try to placate him and love him into being different. And while we all need someone to love and believe in us, that doesn't generally result in a lot of change. The survivor is the one who looks at the past and says, so what? This doesn't define me and keeps on going. The survivor knows that what happens to us doesn't define us. The survivor uses experience as a data bank to learn and grow. Okay, so I grew up poor. Cool. It'll teach me humility, the value of hard work, and how to use money to help others. I endured domestic violence. Cool. I'll use that to teach my children to value and respect others. I'll give my kids a safe place to grow up in so that the cycle stops. And I'll use this experience to give others in danger a safe place to escape. And your systemic racism, cool. I'll use my voice as a comic, teacher, or parent to highlight the contributions and value of people of all colors and religions so that no one else has to feel bullied or small. Do you see what I'm saying? Anger and playing small are just two of the ways that we respond to injustice, fear, hate, and abuse. We have so many other choices. And since the energy that we put out is the energy that we get back, I'd rather respond to things that invalidate me with kindness and forgiveness. Now, we're all human. None of us is Jesus. So if you see me on a day when I'm not doing that, I'll ask that you give me grace and I'll do the same. No judgments. I hope nobody out there is walking on water. I just want you to know that there are options. You don't have to be perfect, just on the road to improvement. So every holiday season doesn't have to be something that you dread or that leaves you feeling like you're about to have a nervous breakdown by New Year's. If you're in a place where you can close your eyes for a moment, imagine with me now a holiday where everyone is laughing. You're with healthy people who like you and respect you. It feels really good inside. You're just happy to be here. Love is flowing freely. And this is a holiday you always wanted. Just let yourself imagine it. Now seal that image in your heart and let that thing be the thing that guides you forward. Lots of people have this and you can too. It starts with you. Step into your power and make it happen. Got it on your calendar for Christmas 2023? I don't think it's realistic to change a lifetime of stuff in a few days, but by next year, things could look really different. You could do this. And if you need some help or support, join my community. It's free. What do you got to lose? Uh, the website's in the show notes. We'll support you through it. It's four little steps. You got this, guys. Ciao. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help the podcast thrive, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. 
To catch all the latest from Laura Giles, you can follow her on all her socials at Laura Giles 804. See you next time.